Well, as I mentioned last week, we're taking a three, week, uh, three weeks to kind of um, sort of rally the troops and remember uh, who we are as a church and who we're becoming. And then uh, got the Nicaragua trip, but then after that, I'll be preaching through the entire book of Hebrews. So looking forward to that. Be praying uh, for me as I prepare and study and also just for yourself as, um, as we get ready for that, God will, will, will speak. But this morning... We're going to continue to talk about what I believe is God's vision for Go Church. Last week was all about love. We started with our why, which is right there in the center of uh, the graphic that should be on the screen behind me. Yes. And so you see there, we want to start with our why, um, our why, our slogan, our t-shirt version of who we are because of love. This is why we are here. Love is why we planted this church. And uh, then if you zoom out and look at the bigger picture, you'll see sort of our end game trifecta, if you will, which is to become a church that is really all about loving God, loving each other, and loving everyone. We really want to begin and end with love at Go Church. And I fully believe this is a biblical necessity. We need to look no further than the great commandment and the second greatest commandment, according to Jesus, to see that it really is all about love. If you still haven't heard that message, you can um, find it on Facebook or YouTube um, or uh, I have a podcast if you just want to listen to audio. You can get all of those uh, through our website, gochurchpnw.com. I must say that in light of all that is going on in the world, uh, including the negative emotions that many of us are feeling, frankly, the anger, the frustration, the irritation, the annoyance, the disgust, uh, we really needed that message. Anybody else need that message last week? I needed that message last week. So if you weren't here um, and, and you're in that camp, um, then you might want to check it out. Now, this week we will move out from the center of our vision graphic um, to the words there in the triangle. By the way, this is not some kind of mystical symbol that we worship at or anything. It's just a placeholder for some of the key uh, tenets of our church. You laugh. I actually had someone say that to me one time, left the church because I wasn't willing to change the, uh, the graphic because they thought it looked like some kind of mystical symbol. These are the things we deal with these days. Um, it's just shapes, okay? It's a circle. There's a triangle, um, and it's simply a way to put it all together in a, in a, in a uh, I think, a neat, neat little way. So if you focus out from the why, the, the because of love, and you get to the triangle there where it says connecting community with Christ, this is, um, this is our mission. This is how we're wording our mission. Uh, so as a church, and you're the church, uh, we will proactively seek to connect community with Christ in every way possible. And I'll explain more about that in a moment. But first, where do we get the idea that Connecting community with Christ should be our mission. We get it from the Great Commission, the final words of Jesus on earth, nothing less than marching orders um, for the church he left behind just before ascending into heaven. Jesus told his followers, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, where have I heard that? Therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end 
of the age. This is the full-length version of our mission as a church, but the short and simplified version that we are using is communicated in these memorable words, connecting community with Christ. Understand this. The only way to make disciples of people who are not already disciples is to connect them with Christ. This is not just one way to do it. It is the only way to do it. Only Jesus saves. Jesus actually makes disciples as we connect them to him. I wonder if everybody can see what I'm saying. It's like this. Our mission is to make disciples of those who are not already disciples. And we do that by connecting them with Jesus. We have no power in ourselves. Most importantly, before I'm done today, I do hope everyone here understands that we formed this church first and foremost to connect people with Christ who are not already connected with Christ. To make disciples. And never forget the last thing Jesus said on this earth. I am with you always. See, if Christ were not with us when we go to make disciples, we might find ourselves simply trying to convince people of an idea or a truth statement rather than introducing them to Jesus. And that would be ineffective. The core of our mission is to go and make disciples of Christ. But we actually do that by connecting them with Christ himself. Now, if you still aren't quite seeing the the way our mission statement gets to the core of the Great Commission, keep listening because I'm going to keep working to help everyone understand throughout this message. But first, rewind with me to the time before this church existed. Doesn't go back, you don't have to go back very far. Uh, We're getting ready to to hit our fourth uh, anniversary since we launched. But rewind with me to before. This very concise mission statement is one of the first things God showed me after I said yes to his call to plant this church. Before we had spoken a word about Go Church to anyone else, before I had resigned from my previous church to come here and do this, I think even before my wife Christy had come to believe that we really were being called to drop everything and jump off the proverbial cliff in order to plant another church, the Lord gave me these words, connecting community with Christ. I remember the moment. I remember it was God. And then he opened my eyes to Ridgefield in that moment as the community. See, Ridgefield is a great community for sure. It's also a community with a strong sense of community, which I love. But much of Ridgefield is still not actually connected with Christ. I don't think most people on my street have a personal relationship with Jesus. While it's certainly a great and friendly little town, I do not believe most of the people in it are connected to Christ. Our mission is to change that. And as it turns out, God has extended our reach quite a ways beyond Ridgefield in every direction. We're connecting community with Christ in a surprisingly large circle. Some of that may result in several nearby church plants, but we will, we will see. One of the reasons I love this phrase so much is that it goes both directions, as I'll explain further in just a moment. The alliteration is nice, but that's just a bonus. Uh, the way the words fit into a triangle with Christ at the base 
It's kind of neat. But my favorite part of our mission statement is that it is multifaceted, like a diamond. If you look at the phrase from different angles, you'll see different facets of exactly what it is that we are to be doing as a church. From one angle, we want to connect the greater Ridgefield community with Christ. That's the obvious interpretation. But understand that Go Church itself is also a community. See, we want to make sure this community right here, this fellowship, this church is connected with Christ, that we're truly abiding in Him, that through that abiding or that connection, we might bear much fruit, as Jesus put it in John 15. He is the vine. We are the branches. If we abide in Him, Jesus said, we will bear much fruit. And so part of our mission is to make sure that as a church community, we are deeply connected with Christ. But that's not even the second most important way of looking at this. The second most important facet to see here is that when our church community, that's us, is connected with Christ, that actually means that connecting people to our church is also to connect them with Christ at the same time. Wait, are you saying that if we connect people to go church, we'll be connecting them with Christ? I hope so. I certainly hope so. Think about this. What is the first and foremost New Testament description of the church? The church is the body of Christ. And so if the church is so connected to Christ that we are functioning as His body, and if someone from the unchurched community is connected to this church, then we have indeed connected community with Christ to one degree or another. This is why Jesus said at the end of His commission, I am with you always. What he meant was, when you go, I go. Isn't that awesome? Jesus essentially said, when you connect with people, I connect with people. Wow. This is true as individuals. It's true as a church. Listen, when we take the church into our community, we are connecting our community with Christ. Almost automatically because Christ lives in us. And that's so important to understand because it should motivate us to just get out there and love people, connect with people, be there for people, knowing that Christ is with us and He is the one who makes the difference. But it is also important to know that when we bring the community to the church, we are connecting them with Christ as well. The church is a gathering. And when we bring the community to the gathering, we bring them to Christ. He is here. We are his body. That fact ought to motivate us to invite our neighbors to come and see. This is a valid part of how we accomplish our mission as well. And I know some of you didn't see all of those facets. I just flashed your way because you hate algebra. So, let me state this another simpler way, and let's narrow it down to the two primary ways that our mission statement works. I'm going to go into academic mode for just a second right now. Stay with me. Experts in the methodologies of church-related outreach talk about two different approaches. There are attractional methods, and there are what they call missional methods. And I know you don't care about those words, and I don't really either, but in as much as they can help us understand why we do what we do, they can be helpful. So let me give you a description of each type of method so that you can put this all together in your minds. And I'm going to be very simple and direct with these descriptions. First, attractional methodologies are efforts to bring people to the church. 
Second, missional methodologies are efforts to take the church to the people. Are, they both, are those on the screen? Keep those both on the screen if you would. And you can kind of look at them to measure out the difference. You can probably guess which one of these two types of methodologies is easy for people who write books to criticize. Attractional, right? The problem with those criticisms is that, one, they assume wrong motives. You know, you're just trying to make your church bigger. Uh, build your own kingdom, whatever. And two, they ignore what actually happened in Scripture. Critics of attractional methods assume wrong motives, and they ignore what actually happened in Scripture. The fact is that both of these methodologies are not only helpful, but absolutely necessary if a church is going to accomplish her mission. So, how does this apply to our mission statement? Connecting community with Christ. This is what I love about it. Our mission statement is both missional and attractional. It's misactional. We connect our community with Christ by going to them with ministry and the gospel that's missional, but also by inviting them to come experience Jesus here among us. That's attractional. Either way, we are seeking to connect community with Christ. This is our mission. It's what we're to be doing. We take Jesus to the people. We also bring the people to Jesus. Does that make sense? A few nods. It's not either or, it's both and. Either way, we're connecting people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And folks, that is a powerful, world-changing thing to do. It's not about us. It's about Him. So, in the context of the two-directional flow of our mission statement, inward and outward, let's look first at the biblical basis for taking Christ to the people. We connect community with Christ by taking Jesus to the people. But how do we do this? What does this mean? Where in the Bible are we told to do it? I read what has been called the Great Commission earlier. Let me also remind you of Acts 1.8, where Jesus said, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and ye shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem, right where you live, in Judea, surrounding areas, Samaria, a little further out, even to the remotest parts of the earth. By the way, everyone should realize that the power and presence of the Holy Spirit is exactly what Jesus meant when he said he would be with us until the end of the age. When you read about the Spirit of Christ in Scripture, you are reading about the Holy Spirit. God is three in one, and there is only one Spirit in the three. The resurrected Christ is currently in heaven at the right hand of God the Father, or literally in the midst of the throne, as it says in, in the Revelation. But His Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, is with us. To the end of the age. That's quite a theological bunny rabbit. And for the sake of time, I need to leave it right there. But just understand that when the Spirit of Jesus, also known as the Holy Spirit, is inside you, you get the power to be His witness wherever He leads. This is what Jesus meant when He said in the context of our mission that He would be with us to the end of the age. He is obviously not with us physically, but He is with us in spirit. See, if the Holy Spirit is inside us, the same Spirit who was in Jesus, and we go to people as His witnesses, what are we doing? We are connecting them with Christ. How so? Because He's with us as we go. And it is His power in us, and only His power, that allows us to be effective witnesses. 
We connect community with Christ by taking the Spirit of Christ with us to the people. Where we go, He goes. And where He goes, there's power. But let's just touch on some nuts and bolts very briefly. How do we take Christ to the people? I'm going to mention three ways. First of all, through speaking. We might say through preaching. That's a whole, I'd need to take three paragraphs to explain that there are different kinds of preaching in the Bible. So I won't do that. I'll just say through speaking. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. That's for everybody. There's a kind of preaching I do that's not for everybody. This kind of preaching is for everybody. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Notice yet again the word go. Are you starting to get the idea where we came up with the name for our church? The mission is to go, not to stay. All of the commissions Jesus gave to the church are about going, not staying. We are commissioned to go. Applied to this particular church, we are to go into Ridgefield. Go to the surrounding areas. Go to the Pacific Northwest and go to the remotest parts of the earth. But when we go, what are we to do? Well, Jesus says job number one is to preach or speak the gospel to all creation. Did you know that you are called to actually open your mouth and share the gospel with people? You can call it preaching or speaking or telling or proclaiming or whatever word you choose, but the point is that you actually share the gospel with people. Now, what exactly is the gospel? Well, it's a word that means good news. The gospel is the good news that Jesus saves from sin and death. To speak the gospel is to proclaim that the cross was enough. That because Jesus died and rose again, the gift of forgiveness and eternity with God is available. The gospel is the clear truth that Jesus paid the price for our salvation by satisfying the justice of God on the cross. And that he rose again to prove he has the power to grant eternal life to all those who believe. That's the gospel, and we're called to preach it to everyone, everywhere. If Go Church is not made up of people who find ways to share this gospel in the world, we will never be the church Jesus had in mind. And we will fail at accomplishing our mission. More than anything else, connecting community with Christ means this. We must be preaching the gospel to all creation, starting where we live. Another way that we take Christ to people is through close relationships. There are many examples in Scripture of the call to take Jesus to the people you know best. One example is found at the end of the story of the demon-possessed man. You know, that really weird story where the pigs run off the cliff and, and all of that. But look at the end of that scene with me. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed was imploring him that he might accompany him. And he did not let him, but he said to him, Go home to your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you. And now he had mercy on you. Go home to your people. And tell them about me, says Jesus. The inference is that this man should go to people he knows fairly well. Family and friends, former neighbors, his people. And tell them about Jesus. Many times in the New Testament, when one person is saved, we see those closest to him or her saved as well. Not just Cornelius, but his whole household came to Christ. Not just the Philippian jailer, but his entire family, including the kids, were saved. Go to your people, Jesus says. And the point is that bringing Jesus to people will be most effective when there's a relationship already in place. 
This is why the act of forming relationships with people in our community, like neighbors or others, is so very important. When you are there for people, in the good and the bad, then when the right moment comes, the moment of conviction, in that moment you will be able to share. But it starts with having those relationships in the first place. This is why we're not in a commune right now. I mean, there's temptation there. Let's go to Idaho. No. And this is why I'm separating this out as, as one way, even by itself, to accomplish our mission. Just being intentional about forming healthy relationships with people in the community all by itself is absolutely a big part of accomplishing our mission to connect community with Christ. See, if you are connected with Jesus and you form a relationship with someone who is not, what happens? As long as you're abiding in Christ, you can rest assured that you will be connecting Christ to them one way or another. You'll say things and do things and be things and will wind up meaning that you're bringing Jesus to those people. But listen, the key is in the relationship. The more real that relationship becomes, the more you'll wind up bringing Jesus to that person. You may not even realize all the ways this is happening because it's practically automatic. If you're all about Christ, if he truly lives in you, how could this not be the case? I'm here to tell you that if Christ is truly in you and you rub up against people in the world, they won't fail to notice him. You can pretty much know that they will either wind up being drawn to Christ in you or they will be repelled by Christ in you. But that potentially negative results not to stop you from forming the relationship because your mission is to bring Jesus to the people regardless of how they respond. And you do that through relationships. Third, we can bring Jesus to the people through community service. We'll talk more about this when we get into the blessing part of our discipleship strategy next week. But the idea comes from passages like Genesis 12, which contains the original Abrahamic covenant where God explained that he wanted his people to be a blessing to the whole earth. Wait, the whole earth? What did, Jesus, what did God say to Abraham? He said, go to the land I will show you, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. All the families of the earth? Even the weird people? Even the people that make me mad? Yeah, all the families will be blessed. Th this is a biblical basis for for being a blessing in our community, for community service. It all comes from the call of Jesus, the call of Abraham. It's all throughout the Bible that we're to be these kind of people. For instance, salt and light. Remember that passage? How many times have you heard that preached? Several other passages could be brought to bear on this, but beyond the Scripture calling for such service, all we really need to do is look at Jesus Himself. He served the community in so many ways. He went out and got His hands dirty. And his feet were always running to people. He went out among them. He blessed them. He helped them. He loved them. He got his hands dirty. He walked to the people. He went to the lepers. He went to the poor and the rich. And he went with grace and truth and service. One of the most powerful ways we take Jesus to the people of our community is to humble ourselves and serve them. Now, we've done our fair share of these things as a church, but, but going forward is what matters. And going forward, we are not only going to do things on a large group basis, but Pastor Connor is leading our go groups um, to start doing community service projects as groups, which is very exciting. That's multiplication. That's community service multiplied, which is one of our core values. But 
Even though groups are primarily about fellowship, it fits perfectly because nothing could be more effective for growing our fellowship than serving together. Plus, we'd be killing at least two birds with one stone. I can hardly wait to see and to hear about the community service projects that our groups come up with and things that they do to be a blessing in our community. We will always do more and do better when we do things as groups rather than the top down as a whole. That said, as a whole church, we've done many things, many things that we so quickly forget about. And we were just, as I was writing this, I was just kind of brainstorming, kind of remembering, and I was like, man, that seems like a, that seems like a million years ago, you know? It's like, I forgot we did that. Oh yeah, we did that, and we did that, you know? Uh, we were involved in a, a school mentorship program right here at this school for a year. We had a huge garage sale to uh, raise money for the Family Resource Center here in town. We've been involved serving food at a men's shelter in Portland several times. We've served at Clark County Food Bank. We've uh, brought a Subway lunch here to the school for all the teachers and staff for Teacher Appreciation Week prior to COVID. Uh, we picked up trash in the community several times. We helped staff several community events. We blessed our fire department, several law enforcement precincts with um, snacks for their, their break rooms and, and personally handwritten thank you cards that they could read. Um, uh, we've delivered hundreds of flowers and plants to people who've moved into the community. I could mention many things. In truth, many of us are doing service projects like this personally with our neighbors. I wouldn't even know all the things that you're doing out there. But just as an, as an example, Christy and I are the neighborhood coordinators for the Green Bag Food Project in our particular subdivision. And you could do things like that. You should do things like that. Uh, and, and many of you do. When we do these things, we represent Christ and we represent Go Church. It's an area of our vision, though, where we've just begun. We've only just begun. I, I want community service to be a bigger and bigger part of who we are at Go Church. I think that our heart to serve the community is already known by some. I think we're just getting started. And that as we make this a function of go groups, that'll help a lot uh, to do more. And um, see, all of this community service oriented stuff is part of how we bring Christ to the people. How? Because he is in us and he is going with us. All right, that's the missional side of things, taking Christ to the people. But now let's look at the attractional side of how we will connect community with Christ. I'll I will not apologize for the fact that we will do everything we possibly can, short of changing the message, of course, but we will do everything we can to get people to show up for our church gatherings. Um, why? Because we believe they could very easily meet Jesus here. Wouldn't you hope? All right, so we connect community with Christ, not only by taking Christ to the people, but also by bringing, this is number two, bringing the people to Christ. The apostle John writes, one of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He found first his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which translated means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The next day he purposed to go into Galilee and he found Philip. And Jesus said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida of the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. 
that all who want to criticize attractional methodologies argue with Andrew and Nathaniel. They invited people to come to the place where Jesus was. I absolutely hope our church is full of people who will say, come and see. And by the way, don't invite them to come and hear the preacher. Invite them to come and experience what God is doing in our midst, okay? Some of you are like, well, we wouldn't do that. <laughs> but anyway, last week I mentioned the story of the woman at the well, a Samaritan to whom Jesus offered living water. She's another fantastic example of someone bringing people to Christ. She went to everyone in her town and said, come and see. Could this be the Messiah? And she brought them back to Jesus who was there waiting with his disciple, his church, really at the time. And many came to believe in him right there. Without a doubt, a biblical way to connect people with Christ is to bring them right here. Why? Because this is the gathering place of the body of Christ. We are his disciples and he is here with us. Now, let's break this down into three areas through which I believe Go Church will be attractional. Three ways we will hopefully bring people to Jesus. The first is through spirit-filled worship. I believe the greatest outreach tool on the planet is spirit-filled worship. Amen, Connor? When people experience the presence of God, many wind up accepting Christ as Lord and Savior. And isn't that exactly what happened at Pentecost? Read the opening of the book of Acts to see this at work. God showed up, the gospel was preached, and 3,000 people surrendered to Christ. The presence of God was powerful when they gathered. But let me also be clear that we cannot manufacture this. We've had some Sundays with spirit-filled worship where it really began to happen. Other Sundays, maybe not as much. And I'll be honest, this room makes it a little bit a little bit harder. We can't control the lighting. It's a huge space. We're human beings and we are absolutely impacted by such things. For all the negatives of the black box where we started, I feel like worship was a little bit easier in there. Um, too bad it was too, so small. Regardless though, we cannot manufacture. People talk about, you know, well, I don't want to show. Me neither. Uh, you can't manufacture um, what I'm talking about. We can't fast track this church to engage in the kind of worship that will supernaturally connect people with Jesus. The truth is that some, day, some days God will move more, power, more powerfully than others. You know, not every day was Pentecost. But let me also say that I do believe we are on the right track, even though we're still needing to grow in the power of our worship. We are on our way. Now, maybe if some of you don't get what I'm going for here because you haven't seen worship develop in a church over time like I have. In our first church plant, we had some kind of breakthrough after several years. I can't really explain it. It just happened, but it took years to get there. Why does it take so much time? Because the ethos that I'm talking about, the kind of experience that I believe God wants us to have in worship depends not only on our worship leaders, um, their talents, their hearts. It's just not only about them, but even more so on our congregation. And so hear me, we will develop in this area over time as long as we are a healthy church. I hope you're not worshiping the same way today that you're worshiping in two years. We need to grow in this area just like we need to grow in every other area. What does he mean? Is he talking about being charismatic? What I mean is that worship gets more and more real 
and people start to experience God more and they start to respond more and it creates a ripple effect that is sincere and heartfelt and fervent and ultimately that we can't keep from getting on our knees, at least spiritually, when we gather. That's what I mean. Let me tell you that when worship develops like I believe it will, an unbeliever could walk into the room and be so blown away by the presence of God that he or she might even turn to Jesus on the spot. You think it can't happen? I've seen it happen. But it takes time in prayer. And make no mistake, some days this thing I'm talking about happens already, but it can happen more. And I believe we will continue to grow in this area. Now, remember how this connects back to our topic for today. We are talking about connecting community with Christ through spirit-filled worship. So let me ask you, as much as it depends on you, when people from the community come in to worship with us, will they connect with Jesus? What I mean is, will you be connected with Jesus so that they can experience His presence through you? That's heavy, but I think it's appropriate. Will they know Jesus was here if they rub shoulders with you? Or will you keep him tucked way down deep inside? Or will you scroll social media on your phone or ponder what's for lunch later during our service? Do you prayerfully and sincerely worship? Do you listen to the preaching of the Word of God with an ear to hear what He is saying to you? Do you pray for those in our midst who have not yet come to faith? Do you think about them and long for them to connect with Christ in you? If they were to connect with Jesus at the level that you are connecting with Jesus, would they really connect with Jesus? See, one of the ways we connect our community with Christ is to bring them to church, but that only works to the extent that we are connecting with Christ ourselves when they get here. Now, here's an attractional method you probably didn't see coming. We will connect people to Jesus through promotion. Through promotion? I sound very spiritual. I'm basically talking about advertising or finding ways to invite as many people as possible to the church. Yes, even to promote the church, which again is not a man-made organization, but is actually the body of Christ. If our church is what it should be, then in promoting the church, at least on some level, we promote Jesus. First, let's talk about public promotion. Should a church spend money on advertisement? Well, that depends. If someone attending that church is going to hear the gospel, then I would say absolutely. And in fact, not taking advantage of just about every form of effective advertisement would be plain old bad stewardship. God does not give us resources to bury them. He wants us to invest them so that they multiply. Remember the parable of the talents where Jesus criticized the one who buried God's money in the ground and praised the ones who invested to further the kingdom. Now think about this. The basic idea of the gospel call is to announce. And contained within the concept of the word gospel is the idea of announcing with volume. Like with a trumpet, as a herald would do for a kingly proclamation back in the day. And it's about announcing with expedience, or basically getting the word out to as many people as possible before it is too late. The idea of gospel proclamation is to make sure everyone hears the news. There is not a doubt in my mind that God wants the church to use every possible form of modern media, especially in an effort to invite people to the church where they'll hear and experience the gospel in community. By the way, hearing the gospel and experiencing the church online is not the same. 
as in person. No way. I don't care if, if it's 23 years into the second millennium. It isn't the same. It's better than nothing. Absolutely. But it isn't the same kind of connection unless you are present. We all know this. Back to the point, I believe God wants us to invite every person we can to come and see. Or perhaps we should keep our new church a secret. Just hope the right people somehow figure out that we're here. I think not. Let me give a shout out to our um, sign team at this point. Way to go, guys. Um, big thanks to Kim and Marty and Doug and Tamara. I hear more about people seeing those little yard signs than any other uh, way that we pro publicly promote the church. Week in and week out, they just get it done. Appreciate you so much. It's a lot of physical labor to put those signs out every week. Thanks also to James and Jess for setting up a booth yesterday at a public event in downtown Ridgefield. They met a lot of families, had some great interaction. We'll also be doing a booth at Experience Ridgefield in about a month, an information booth about our church. Now listen, I believe most churches limit themselves far too much in the area of promotion because maybe somebody has a problem with it or questions the expenditure or whatever. But I'm telling you now that whether it's mass mail outs or billboards uh, or uh, ads in Richfield Life magazine, which we do, if we can afford it uh, within reason and we're convinced that it could bring people in the doors to hear and experience the gospel, we will do it. You're not gonna stay hidden away lest we offend anyone by our presence we will not fade away quietly into the night. <laughs> okay, that's a movie line. But the point is that we will get the word out. Come and see. Jesus is here. He's right here in his church. We'll also highly encourage an even more effective attractional method, which we might call personal promotion. This is the second kind of promotion we'll use. Why did people come to hear Jesus preach? How did they know where he would be? They knew because friends and family told them. They received personal invitations from people who were excited about their experience with Jesus. The same was true for the early church, even after Jesus ascended into heaven. People came to hear from this little group of Jews who believed that they had found the Messiah, and they came because somebody invited them. To that end, it's a good time to announce our upcoming Friend Day which will be Sunday, October 2nd. Everybody's putting that in your phone right now. October 2nd, Sunday. This is the day when we're going to do our best to bring guests. If everyone brings somebody, we'll have a lot of fun. We'll also be providing a free catered lunch. Uh, pretty sure from Panera, something good uh, for everybody who attends. So we'll enjoy a nice time of fellowship after church. I'm thankful that our connections team is going to take care of the details, but your job is to invite friends and family. Mark it down on your calendar, October 2nd, Sunday. By, by the way, this is also the day that uh, the video, uh, videographer will um, be here to get some footage for that professional outreach video that we are getting done, the one we had to cancel a couple months ago. It'll be pretty neat to have a video as a tool to do what? To invite people to our church. Now, do you want to know why all of this attractional stuff is really important? Because over the years, I have seen more people come to Christ at church than anywhere else. I'm telling you, most people I've seen come to Jesus did so at church. Well, that's where I came to Christ for that matter. Is that not what you've seen? Showing up at church was the key 
for hundreds of people that I've seen put their trust in Jesus over the years, and also for their children later on. Church is also the place I've seen people rededicate their lives to Christ. I just, I just haven't seen these kinds of decisions happen all that much outside the church. That tells me we ought to do all we can to bring people in the doors. It can't be that we don't care about their eternal soul, right? So why don't we want to get them here? Of course we do. The church is the body of Christ and Jesus is alive. So remember this, when you bring someone to a church that is alive, you bring them to Jesus. The final way to attract people to Jesus that I'll mention is this, through our love for each other. The Bible says others will know we are Christians by our love, not just our love, but our love for one another, a special kind of koinonia, brotherly and sisterly love that we can have in the body of Christ. He even says that if we don't have that love, we're not really Christians. I won't repeat those passages this morning, but right now we're thinking about this in terms of how to bring people to Jesus, how to connect our community with Christ in the direction of actually bringing them to Him. So let me put it this way. People will be, brought, will be drawn to the love of Christ in our church if the love of Christ is in our church. Is that simple enough? People will be drawn to the love of Christ in our church if the love of Christ is in our church. Love is the most attractional thing on earth. Sin, by the way, may be the most repelling thing on earth because it hurts people. Maybe that's why the Apostle Peter wrote, above all, keep fervent. How are we doing? Had a great picnic yesterday with a couple of go groups. That helped a lot. Keep fervent in your love for one another. This is to the church. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Anybody else need that? Uh, we need that covering. <laughs> Let's work on the love, and then we get to have some of our sins covered, okay? This loving thing takes effort, though. Have you noticed? And more over time because of the whole familiarity thing. Um, as Bilbo put it to his friends and family, I don't know half of, of you half as well as I should like, and I like less than half of you half as well as you deserve. <laughs> I'll withhold the names, but... One or two of you has already annoyed me once or twice. Which tells me I've annoyed more than one or two of you more than once. I'm telling you now that loving each other will require work. And I'm telling you one of the reasons it is worth it is that loving each other will help us accomplish our mission. Which is what? If you don't have it by now, can you say it? Connecting community with Christ. This is our mission. This is what we're setting out to do. And nothing could be more powerful or important. To the degree that we accomplish this mission, to that degree, we will see changed lives through Go Church. And through changed lives, we'll see a changed community. What's our mission? Connecting community with Christ. Amen. All right. As I wrap up, I just can't get into this message without saying there may be someone here today who's never really connected with Christ. You've never given your life to Jesus. You've never responded to what he did on the cross and said, uh, I need you to come into my life and just completely rock my world. I need you to take away my sin and make me a different person. I'm surrendering today. Jesus, come and be my savior. Be my Lord. Be my leader in life. And uh, if you haven't done that, you're, you're missing out on the life that God wants for you. 
He's not willing that any would perish. He hopes everybody will repent and turn away from self and selfishness and all the gods that we worship. And oh, do we ever worship gods. And turn from all that in a moment and just say, God, come into my life. I believe in Jesus. Take my life. Take my sins. Forgive me. I want to follow you. You've got to have a moment like that. It's, the Bible calls it being born again. It doesn't just kind of happen over time. If you're one of those that says, I've just kind of always been a Christian, problem. There has to be a point where you give your heart to Jesus, where you respond in faith, and He comes into your life, and you're never the same. I want to give you that opportunity. Would you pray with me? And if that's you, Lord, just tell Him, just Lord, Jesus, in your heart, just tell Him, I trust you. I need you. I trust that you died on the cross for my sin, that you rose from the dead, and that you're offering me eternal life. Just tell him that. I trust that you died on the cross for my sin, that you rose again, that you're alive, and that you're promising me eternal life. I trust that. I trust you. Just tell him that. I believe from so many scriptures that if you do that in sincere faith, you will be justified. You will be uh, eventually You'll be sanctified throughout the rest of your life. That is made more like Christ. And eventually you'll be glorified and made to be just like Jesus in your character for eternity in heaven. But it all starts with that moment. You must be born again, Jesus said. Is it today for you? Will you surrender today? And as I preached recently, it's very, very clear. Step two is being baptized to make it public. And the rest is your life that you live following Jesus. God, I pray that today, maybe someone made that decision, that they might let us know that we might be able to rejoice how you've taken another life that, even though we don't realize it at the time, really was in the kingdom of darkness and now has been saved into the kingdom of light. I pray that maybe today was the day for someone. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Go Church's weekly sermon podcast. If you enjoyed the sermon, be sure to rate and review us. If you want to learn more about the ministry of Go Church or catch up on previous sermons, check out our website, www.gochurchpnw.com. You can also connect with Go Church on Facebook and Instagram.